listeners to the ASI podcast. This is Russ Shaw. No, we're not gonna waste another moment in this town. We won't come back. The world is calling out. Leave the past in the past. Gotta find the future. The misery loves company. Well, so Episode one, two, three, and kicking off the ninth commandment. Is it gonna miss you when you're gone? Absolutely. Like a parasite misses its host, it's gonna miss you. Like a ringworm misses the thing it's feeding off of, and this thing feeds off your desires, and it feeds off your loneliness, your fears, your inability to commit to be intimate. It feeds off that, and it's not going down without a fight, man. It's like a parasite. Absolutely, it's gonna miss you when you're gone. Procrastination, running circles in my head. While you sit there contemplating, you wound up left for dead. Life is what happens while you're busy making your excuses. Another day, another casualty. from some listeners and let me ask you something is it gonna miss you when you're gone right this addiction this thing looming over you this thing that that may be controlling you for the current moment are you willing to move are you willing to get up and take this thing on stop procrastinating stop waiting and really uh, go to war with this thing that is controlling standing over you dictating and directing your life are you ready are you ready to move is it gonna miss you when you're gone got a few emails from some listeners and uh, love that email again I encourage you if you're struggling with living in the truth you're in a relationship you know you need to confess something uh, go into ASI247.org Check out the website, read that letter from Mr. J. It's right there on the homepage, uh, a link to it, and mind-blowingly powerful about uh, living in the truth and discovering who you are inside of the truth, right? Um, another l- email I got from a listener, open up the uh, ASI mailbag here. I wanted to bounce this off you because I have so many different audiences. There's so many different ears listening. There's so many different... Uh, Folks and walks of life and and uh, world views uh, when it comes to the show and like I said before I didn't ever do this show with the mind of just doing it for Christians right <laughs> I'm a Christian I'm a Christian guy I don't know I just feel like that's just weird like why would you just want to serve um, I, I don't know it, it's a truth thing right like you, exposing truth is a good thing. 
Um, let's not just lock it in our own little world and keep it safe from the dirty people on the outside. That's ridiculous. Bothers me that some people have that attitude. Some Christian types, right? Religious types, we'll call them that. I, I don't know. Anyway, check this out. In the, uh, the ASI mailbag, dig in here. That's just, uh, that's a plastic bag I got hanging over there. <laughs> just, it's email. I'm actually reading it on my phone. So, I don't know. It's kind of fun. You always make the sound effect because you want somebody to know that you've got the mail in your hand, right? It's a little visual image over audio. Anyway, a little bit punchy today, so bear with me here. I'm um, going towards the end of this great letter. Um, he, he said I could share it with you guys. Love this. Um, he says, I, I, he says, I have to admit I was irritated by the fact it seems like the only folks concerned with this issue were Christians, aside from Candeo. Um, and it's like they're selling something, right? Candeo is another podcast out there, um, a doctor who takes this thing on. Uh, you subscribe. I, I'm not sure how it exactly works, but... You know, it's behavior replacement, behavior modification. It's uh, psychotherapy. He's a guy's a psychotherapist, um, and he puts some information out on the web. Um, God bless him for that. But uh, anyway, I just have a different approach, so I'm not gonna knock his approach. I'm just gonna say my my approach is different. Um, I've lived this, and I was powerfully addicted, like like the extreme and that's why I wanted to start the coaching thing right because I was I'm like a worst case scenario man and I have hope for you guys who are worst case scenarios because I was there right I mean I was powerfully very stubbornly tightly addicted and man I'm going on five and a half years clean now it's awesome anyway and he says, but I pre appreciated your honesty in the hope that the 12-step thing isn't the only way. I um, wanted to pause on that real quick. The 12-step thing, yeah, it's good. I think it's practical. It's important to have the practical. Like, I'm talking about a heart change. When your heart changes and you're making a change, you, you may even need to learn, do some steps, right? It's good for you to do some steps. My whole um, approach to this is why. Like, I have a, an issue with the fact that there is a uh, Celebrate Recovery. It's kind of a Christian 12-step recovery group. Um, week one, like 100 people show up, for example, right? By week four, you got maybe half the room that are still there. Maybe, if that. Most of the time, you know, it's by step four time, it's... It's down to like a third. There's a problem with that. There really is. So that's one of my issues with 12-step. Anyway, I'm still not a Christian, but the honesty and the concern you are a big boost when I'm feeling run over by stress and anxiety like today. The idea of changing the heart and the problem is one that's being out of relationship with other people and God resonates with me, he says. I've managed this thing for three weeks for the first time in a year and a half, and that is something. Hey, man, to that. Give me freaking a hand for that, man. That's awesome. That is uh, growth. That is important. And I've got emails, another email from a listener who's gone uh, a few years. Um, 
folks that have been listening to me for a while, and just there's just so much victory out there. I mean, I'm glad that I could be a part of that, just a, a sliver, a splinter of a part of helping you um, overcome this thing, man, is important. And I want to read more emails like that on there. Uh, just send me your emails. It's our russ at asi247.org um, if you want to email me. Another uh, email I got from a listener, very powerfully stuck, addicted, seeking out counsel, trying to find counselors, getting a lot of jacked up counsel. I mean, that's one of the reasons, another passion for doing the coaching is like I'm I'm getting emails from listeners and I'm like, your coach, your counselor said what? You know, what? Um, so <laughs> I a different approach. Again, I'm not a, I'm not your... I'm not a doctor, right? I'm not a psychologist. This is not psychotherapy. Um, coaching is something else. Uh, it's seeing a goal in mind and moving towards the goal. And that's what I'm doing here. And I'm doing the, po- uh, the video podcast or the YouTube videos, and I'm putting those up. Um, I would like your input on that, especially if you're really stuck like this friend that I got. I offered him, you know, here's the coaching. Yes, it costs money. Man, people are broke. People are stuck in their financial situations. People don't have money, right? So that's why I've got the videos online. And I'd like your input on some of that. Like, where are you at? If, If I was to sit across the table from you right here, what could I, what would you ask me? What could I give you? To help you get through another week, another month, um, and not just that, that's more surface, that's more level two. At the heart of the situation, what could I do to help you see this parasite that's living on you and it's, it survives off of you, right? It, it not just, it's not just going to miss you when you're gone, it's going to die. All right. That's why I like what Pastor Mark says about sin and the Bible says about sin. It's not behavior management. You put it to death. You put this sin to death. You're in the process of killing it. Right? You're in the process of going to war with this thing and putting a sword through its heart and killing it. So if there's, is there anything I could say to you? Is there anything you would ask me to um, where I could coach you on this stuff? Um, again, Russ at ASI247.org. Go to the website, ASI247.org, and uh, there's stuff there to help. And I want to add more videos, but I want to approach this behind your eyes, right? Stuck where you're at. I want to approach you where you're at. So, again, Russ at ASI247.org. It's going to miss you when you're gone, right? Truth. Gonna miss me when I'm gone. Band Simple Plan is a band that I like. They uh, have a new album coming out, and their first album was called uh, No Helmets, No Pads, Just Balls, right? Just, just Courage. Simple Plan. So something can be very, very simple. It doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it easy at all. Yes, it's a simple plan. Easy plan? No. Heck no. The album cover, I believe it was for the EP or something, but had a picture of a, like a, a mom, dad, and a kid in a house in the background, right? Simple plan. That's how the band got its name. I love that. They're angry punk rock kids just trying to make sense of it all. That's why I like the band Simple Plan.
But I was thinking about this in, in demonstrating love, and, and demonstrating love really is like that. It's going to take courage. It's going to take, right, you, you, don't, you don't got pads, you don't got a helmet. You're going to go in, you're going to speak the truth, you're going to live in the truth, and be a truth teller, and uh, let the chips fall where they may. I mean, that's difficult. I'm still learning to live that way. Speaking the truth in love, right? It's like you could beat the crap out of someone with truth. Do you realize that? Like you could point out, you could walk up to anybody and just point out, dude, you're like ugly and you're fat and you're probably kind of stupid. You know, all these things could be true, but is that loving to approach someone like that? No, it's not. Again, part of the uh, motivation of all my rants on religion in the past. Truth, yes, but how are you going to approach truth? By speaking the truth in love. And I'll go into that in some later shows. I want to really uh, hit the topic of the body of Christ and what that means and uh, really focusing on this, this thing called truth. Getting honest about what's under that prestige, right? What's under the, the pledges of the day and the turns, you know. Um, going back to that, the previous two episodes. Emotionally exhausting, man, those two episodes. I mean, I took some time off before that. It took a while to put all that together in a way that I, I felt would, uh, would impact the heart and, and I could be a safe place. And, man, it was really tough those two episodes and again man there's something uh, a song I, I, I've played before I believe by P.O.D. and something to realize if you're in the midst of that if you have uh, confessed this to your your girlfriend boyfriend um, husband wife and you're going through that again my name is Russ uh, it's Russ at ASI247.org if you want to email me on that but here check this out man this Something my mom has said a lot, and I love her for. She encouraging me. I mean, I love her for just being who she is, first of all. But one thing my mom said all these years that has stayed with me, that through the pain that I've realized, and I've not always held on to. I've fallen apart sometimes, but something that I cling to, a piece of truth that my mom passed down to me was, was this, that this too will pass. All right, this too will pass, and it, and it don't rain all the time. That sound you hear in the background is my, my windshield wipers. I live in Seattle, and it rains, and it rains a lot. But when the sun comes out, it's beautiful green everywhere. It don't rain all the time, man. It don't rain forever. Even though you feel all alone, it can't rain every day. It don't rain. Your sunshine may be gone, I know It can't rain every day It don't rain forever That is P.O.D. I love that tune, man. It's awesome. It shows, you know, not only does it not rain forever, but it does stops raining when we like 
repent and turn from the destructive things we do to cause more damage and more pain and more gray and more rain in the world and we um yeah we grow we grow from it right we learn from our mistakes and we we grow from it that's repentance so king james version of the holy bible here we go this is verse 16 in exodus 20 thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor Taking off the ninth commandment here with that verse. The King James Version um, is, there's an anniversary in 2011 of the King James Version is now 400 years old, this translation of the Bible. It's a pretty cool story. This guy, King James, who loved Jesus, he loved the Bible, um, and he had the resources right and the money and the the people and the brains to pull off putting all of the holy scriptures into one really great condensed and it is a really great version of the bible and yes there's i've criticized it for being you know 16th century 15th century english uh shakespeare-esque words in it right the thou's and the shalt nots and the beseeches, you know. This was the language of the time. And it is a it is a very good um, translation of the Bible. And you may have to look up some of those words. Um, and again, I use a lot of different translations to, to find out the meaning of Scripture because it wasn't written in English. And, you know, so did... King James, when he put this together. King James was a brilliant man. He was multilingual. I mean, the guy, speak, he spoke fluently um, Hebrew and Greek and English, of course, um, but Latin, um, French. I mean, this man had languages. I mean, this man had it down. So King James is a brilliant man. I, I love this also utilized a piece of technology like technological advances 1611 right it's 2011 now 400 years ago this marks the first printing bibles right they put a printing press this cutting edge technology of 1611 was invented and this man utilized that saw an opportunity to further the gospel of Jesus Christ and he prints bibles on a printing press all right technological advance that's why it blows my mind that you know there's people that knock technology that'll sit around and say technology is evil yet they're reading out of a bible that is a product of a technological advance all right it's not the technology it's it's what's in the heart all right you know what else they started printing on the printing presses when they were invented pornography <laughs> that is true historically historians will tell you the first pornography not just images but literal um, stories was printed on printing presses all right it's not that you can't you don't get to blame the technology all oh, the dirty internet that's got all the bad stuff on it no it's what's in men's hearts all right Jesus prays for us Lord Jesus you know thank you for telling us to further the gospel, to love other people. What's the major commandment? I'm doing the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, right? What's the major commandment that Jesus says? 
love God, love other people. All right, and sometimes using technology to do that, right, is not a bad thing. It's never a bad thing to spread the gospel, even using technological advances like King James did in 1611. So, I just wanted to throw that out there. Technology is a good thing. It's what's in men's hearts that is evil. So please, stop scapegoating technology. It is sin. It is, it is an act of worship to put your sin on a technology and blame that for the reason you're addicted. It really is. And if you have to stay away from technology or YouTube or whatever, man, I get that for a season. But if you think you're just going to blame it on that thing for the rest of your life, that's not freedom. It really isn't. So, again, I salute King James. Just, I, I don't know, uh, 400 years old now, the uh, King James version of the, the Holy Bible. Um, and as an authority, right, I mean, wherever you're at with the Bible, man, again, Russ at ASI247.org, I'm with you if you're skeptical. Man, I used to look at the Bible and go, that's just a big book of religion, that's just a big book of rules, that's just a big book of uh, how to guilt and control people with religion. Man, I, I used to think all that. But ultimately, I discovered that, you, you know, it was written, these are collections of scriptures that were written thousands of years ago. Um, King James, this, this guy putting this all together, I, I'm so grateful for him for doing that. Martin Luther was the first one to really start collecting these scriptures and putting it in one one package for believers to, to have, you know, because he wanted, you know, instead of the religious elites, you know, to have these these scriptures, he wanted to put them in our hands. So that is part of Bible history. And the King James Version of the Bible was just the first really great translation of, of the Holy Scriptures. So we don't all have to learn Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, right? Um, so, but yes, the economy's tight. People are broke. But I will say this about getting counsel. And even me as a broadcaster, like what I do is broadcasting. Yes, asking you to confront me to... Um, I don't have a personal, like, file on you where I'm coaching you as an individual. So that's going to be different. But every, everybody's got a different story, right? But at the same time, everybody struggles at the core, at the heart, with the same kinds of things. And those are the heart issues that I like to get to, right? I like to get underneath level two of the psychology right? Just the psychotherapy of it all. And religion, right? The religious people don't get off the hook with this, this kind of vague, superficial theology that's out there, right? Dig underneath that to get to the, the truth. So whether you're an atheist or a religious person, I seem to kind of, I'm doing the best I can, but I, I kind of seem to offend both, okay? So I'm going to try and not do that so much, but I just want to present truth to you and again if you want to take me on or educate me or whatever you feel like you need to do uh, Russ at ASI247.org I welcome that I do um, and that's one of the problems that people have with Christianity and the Bible is that it's going to make definite truth claims 
right? It's gonna draw a line somewhere. There are things that are just true. Check this out, this is Isaiah um, 28, uh, 23 through 26. Give ear and hear my voice. Give attention and hear my speech. Does he who plows for sowing plow continually? Does he continually open and harrow his ground? When he has leveled its surface, does he not scatter dill, sow cumin, and put wheat in rows and barley in its proper place, and emmer as a border? For he is rightly instructed, his God teaches him. I love that. And he goes further into this and later on in the chapter and, and throughout this. He, like there's a right way and a wrong way to do farming, you know, to plant crops. Um, it's 2011. We still put wheat in rows, right? They, we still plant crops in rows. we still doing the same sowing and, and plant. And before there was meteorology, Right? Before there was the farmer's almanac, there is these passages in the Bible where it talks about the rain falling down, um, the, the water draining over the land into the ocean, where it goes back up into the sky and is drained out again. Right? I mean, agriculture, um, irrigation. There's a right way and a wrong way to do these things. God teaches the farmer. I, I love that. This is truth claims that are in the Bible going all the way into meteorology and agriculture. And my goal here in light of the ninth commandment, moving into the ninth commandment, is really clarifying what's true. Okay? Philosophers will say, I heard a philosophy professor, uh, guy's got like a doctorate in world religions, I love this man, uh, Ravi Zacharias, and he said that the definition of philosophy could be uh, defined this way, is there a God, and if there is, what is his nature? Okay, that being the definition of philosophy that thinking your way through things to discover truth is really what we do. Truth seekers is what we are. It's part of our journey on a, a spiritual, intellectual level as we walk through this life. We're all doing it. We're all seeking truth. So what is truth, right? Ravi Zacharias, right? Born in India. I mean, talk about a guy who worships God with his mind. I love this man. If you ever get a chance to download any of his stuff, um, Let My People Think, I believe is his uh, radio broadcast that he does. But anyway, Ravi Zacharias, great dude. Peter Salave as uh, the dean of Yale University. And he he's a founder of uh, this concept of emotional intelligence. Um, the guy's an expert on human emotion. His classes on psychology and law were like the most popular classes that Yale ever, um, ever had. Uh, just a brilliant man. And talking about the, this concept of emotional intelligence and the reason for metaphors, right, to get underneath, to get to the roots of the emotion, of the premise uh, of a conflict or an argument. One of the reasons I play the music I play, and I, I, I'm not defending myself here. Uh, I've been criticized in the past for you know, being 
worldly music, right? Secular music or whatever. Um, basically, this is a way of critical reasoning, right? Getting to your heartstrings, so to speak. Um, in the book of Titus, the Apostle Paul, right? The Apostle Paul wrote a big chunk of the Bible, more than half, um, two-thirds, right? This man, in the book of uh, Titus, he, he quotes a, a Cretan prophet. Um, Paul quotes in uh, Acts 17 an Athenian poet who's making this metaphor, this poetry about Zeus having sex with other mortals and producing Hercules-like offspring. Um, and the, the metaphor he's talking about is being God's offspring, right? And, and Paul is looking at that going, that is such a, a great picture of emotional truth, even though the, you know, the message isn't right under the surface it's correct right we're God's offspring that's a great emotional picture of that that's a great metaphor even though it's you know there's no Zeus right? a pagan poet Paul why does Paul quote a pagan poet because emotional intelligence because he wants us to think deeper I've coined this phrase I guess uh, and Holy Spirit just gave it to me one morning this uh, we have this short perception span in our culture today we don't perceive things very deeply we tend to emotionally react as my friend Peter Salovey would say we're kind of emotionally stupid right we don't think things out it's like there's a lack of thinking. Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That says the Bible, right? King Solomon. So there's a lack of thinking and reasoning at a heart level, is what I'm saying. Like, I could say to you that you're addicted because it's a safe place to go. It's a warm place to run to when anxiety and fear and all that. I mean, but what does that mean to you? Yes, that makes sense, but why and how is it going to change your future? I mean, these, this is critical reasoning. This is how did you get where you are and where are you going to be tomorrow? Kant and his being a critic on pure reason. He brings up these three things that every thinking person, right, every educated person has to deal with. He says every educated, thoughtful person must wrestle through these three things if you're going to live a full and thoughtful life, right? Number one is how can I know what's real? Number two is what ought I to do that's right? Right? What's the right thing to do? Duty. I, I, I added that part. So anyway, number three, what can I hope or live for? Right? What do you place your hope in? Well, this is stuff that most of us don't think about. Like the end of the movie Prestige, where uh, uh, this guy just dies in his boarding end. 
dies and is born again. Dies and is born again, right? If you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's just short little pithes of truth that don't ever sink in. Don't ever take root in the heart. Don't ever lay a foundation. They don't get to a foundational level because they're just stickers, right? Like bumper sticker theology. Well, you know what they say. How can I know what's real? What ought I to do that's right? What can I hope or live for? Deep thinking and deep reasoning, foundational living takes big leaps of faith. Faith is trusting in the unseen. Hebrews 11, um, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I'm going to jump over to, to verse 3 here. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. All right. So we understand. There's understanding. There's thinking involved. Everyone has faith. I heard one guy say that one of the things you can do with it, with atheist thinkers is you get them off of this um, science argument and you get them on, on to the argument of faith. Your argument is not one of science, it's one of faith. Because you can't prove what you believe as well as I can't prove what I believe. It's a faith argument. To be sure. So, what decisions are you going to make towards your recovery, towards sexual ethics? What if God really does want to be sovereign over your genitals? What if he has rules for your sexuality? What if that's true? He loves you that much. He loves your sister that much. Right? Some things to think about, man. Send me an email. You want to bounce some of this stuff off me? Uh, tell me how you reason this stuff out. What lies do you believe again? Am I bringing to the surface some lies you might believe? Russ at ASI247.org. Be generous. Let me share that. Would love to share that stuff. So you're on a journey. Five years from now, ten years from now, you will arrive at a destination to be sure. Okay, you are traveling towards a destination. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, unless you change direction, you will end up where you are heading. Right? Fuel in the tank of your heart is what you place your hope in and what you place your faith in day by day. That unseen thing that you place your hope in. Your faith is the evidence of the things that you don't see. And you do place your hope and your faith in something every single day. You do. You are loved by a holy, righteous God who created the universe. And you're a finite being. Compared to the history of just the Bible, your life is tiny, minuscule, minute. It's a vapor, the Bible says. It's like the dew on the ground that is there for a few hours in the morning and then evaporates. That's our lives. And we do place our hope and faith in something every day. I'm just asking you to see a deeper truth.
My name is Russ Shaw. I'm going to end the show with a bumper by Skillet. I love you guys. Till next time.